Okay, hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Empowerment with Elizabeth. Today I'm here with my sweet new friend, Brooke. She is the current Miss New Hampshire, and she is going to talk to us today about her prep for Miss America, her CSI, her work as a state title holder this year, all the things. So Brooke, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me. It's always such a pleasure to be on another podcast. I actually host one with my mom. It's called it. Half Hour to Health. Um, so we try to meet weekly to be able to produce a podcast that's also distributed to local radio stations. We have some airtime here in New Hampshire. I currently am Miss New Hampshire. I'm headed off to Miss America here in a few short days, and I could not be more excited and just honored to be able to represent my state and be able to be one of the lucky young women that get to finally grace that Miss America stage. So I'm very excited. I recently just graduated as a doctor of chiropractic this past summer. Um, so that was also something that my mother had done. I really followed in her footsteps, which is amazing when you have a really great role model in your life that you can follow suit after. Um, my, my social impact initiative has really changed throughout the years. I've been involved in the program for quite a few years, but as I'm heading off to Miss America, my CSI is Brooke. Um, understanding your brain and body wellness. And so I really talk about brain health and overall body wellness after I suffered a brain injury in 2014. Awesome. Awesome. So talk a little bit about your CSI, because I know that's not, I'm, I'm going off script here. I'm sorry, but I want to know about it. So talk about like work you've done with it. I know you said it's somewhat new. So talk about what you've done with it this year. Absolutely. So as I mentioned, I suffered a brain injury in 2014. I was in my mandatory high school gym class and I went to go pick up a ball and a boy went to go kick that same ball. And he ended up kicking me in the left side of my face, knocking me unconscious. Knocking me unconscious. And so I lost about five years of memory total. And I really struggled with my academics afterwards because of the severe memory loss that I dealt with after the fact. I also was a competitive dancer. I danced about 14 hours a week and I was never able to return back to dance classes because of the ongoing nausea and vertigo and dizziness and the inability to jump and turn and spot and all the things that you need to be able to do to be a dancer. And so it really ultimately flipped my world upside down and I had to advocate for myself and understand what brain health is and help my brain recover, which is really interesting to do at 14, 15 years old and navigating that while in high school. And so uh, for the past almost 10 years, March will be my 10 year anniversary of my brain injury. I've advocated for concussion awareness and brain injury awareness. So I've been um, honored to be able to lobby on Capitol Hill on bills that benefit people who have suffered brain injuries, as well as veterans who have suffered brain injuries while overseas. I also founded National Concussion Awareness Day in 2016, and that's re uh, recognized by the Senate, which is so cool. It's um, such a labor of love that I've been able to do. And I tour for um, school educational programs with the Brain Injury Association of America. So that has kept me really busy for the past 10 years. But recently, you know, I, re I just graduated as a doctor of chiropractic, and I understand that there's so much more to brain health than just um, that. And so I incorporated more of movement and how we need to be more aware of the drugs and alcohol and substance abuse that are in our lives. My father was a veteran, so he served two tours 
one to Afghanistan and one to Iraq. And he came back not the same man that I had known before. And he came back, unfortunately, with substance and alcohol abuse disorders. And so um, seeing that really strip away my father and the individual that I should have been able to look up to and at a time when I should have been learning how to read, I, know I was in elementary school and just growing and learning. I was learning how to hide from my father, which isn't anything that I would wish on anybody else. And so I've really changed my school programs to be able to talk about how important it is to move your body and how that decreases your chance of anxiety and depression, how important it is to take control of the things that you're putting in your body and to not use and abuse alcohol or drugs and um, try out or experiment with things. I also talk about how important it is to have a nutritious diet and eat enough and um, sleep well and how much rest is important to our overall brain and body function. So being able to really create this um, niche social impact initiative that matches all of my passions has been really fun to watch it come to fruition. And I obviously toured the state of New Hampshire as Miss New Hampshire giving talks. Um, so I call my talk Choose Health because uh, I really want to empower children that they have the opportunity to make healthy choices. So we talk about all those pillars of health, as well as um, I help with the American Heart Association of New Hampshire teaching CPR, uh, because as a doctor, I am CPR certified for kids and adults. And so that is a really cool partnership with the Miss America opportunity that I've been able to capitalize on as well. Well, yeah, I mean, you pretty much covered every aspect of health. So super impressive. Um, <laughs> wow. I try. I'm like, you're making all of our CSIs look like nothing. So I'm so <laughs> impressed. I'm like, I need to know more. Um, but first, talk a little bit about how you got into pageantry. Yes, I hinted at it a little bit with following in my mom's footsteps. So she was actually Miss New Hampshire in 1995. And she won Miss New Hampshire when she was just 17 years old. She was wow. 18 by the time she reached the Miss America stage. Um, but she was such a youngin and such a baby um, going to the Miss America stage. She was a Latin major. So she wanted to be a Latin teacher. She wanted to be a high school Latin teacher. That was her, her game plan. My grandfather was a state trooper and my grandmother's a hairdresser. And so she didn't have a whole lot of funds to be able to go to college. And so that's what really drove her into the Miss America program, as well as her opportunity to be to dance. She was a top dancer. And, um, and she won Miss New Hampshire and won a full ride scholarship to Palmer College of Chiropractic in Davenport, Iowa. And so she ended up, you know, getting her prerequisites and getting everything done with the scholarships she earned as Miss New Hampshire, and went on to graduate as a doctor of chiropractic completely debt-free with schooling 100% paid for by the Miss America organization, which is absolutely insane. And so I followed in those footsteps. I'm so grateful that I finally have my opportunity to serve as Miss New Hampshire. And I just, um, just graduated from Sherman in South Carolina. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. What a fun little bonding experience between you and your mom. It has been, it has been. I'm bringing out some of her Miss America wardrobe to, into my Miss America wardrobe. And that has been so fun, as well as looking through all of her photo books. And I'm wearing some of her earrings from back in the day. They still say Miss NH on them. So I'm really excited. It's been so special to be able to share this legacy with her. And we're the first mother-daughter in the state of New Hampshire. So it's pretty cool. That is so special. Talk about how she's helped you with your Miss America prep. Like, what has your prep looked like? 
How has she kind of helped shape that? Does it look the same as what she did? Is it different? Talk about all of it. Well, she will talk to anyone about how much Miss America was a learning experience for her at such a young age. And so she, since she, she was so young, that was her first time to Miss New Hampshire. And she actually lost nearly every single local. She won the second to last local. So she competed against all of the girls who competed for Miss New Hampshire and lost and then showed up to Miss New Hampshire and won. So she she only got that practice for that one season of competing. And so um, if you're somebody out there that has competed and keep trying at these local competitions it's not all out of the realm of possibility and prepare to be that winner because she was not super prepared um, but she had the time of her life that Miss America she didn't really know what chiffon was she talks about learning you know makeup tricks all at Miss America things that she wished that she had known before going and leaving for Atlantic City um, and so she with that being her background and her experience going to Miss America she likes me to be very over prepared she wants me to know what everything is have all the tools in my toolbox to be able to pull out and to not feel like I'm learning things for the first time come Miss America week <laughs> I think that's good. I think that that's a good piece of advice that she's giving you. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, okay. So talk about your favorite phase of competition and then tell us why that's your favorite phase of competition. Easily the interview portion. <laughs> I love talking. I love sharing my story. Um, and something that I love about the Miss America organization and opportunity as a whole is that it really allows us to be able to expand upon ourselves and speak about it too. You know, I meet so many young girls these days, especially as Miss New Hampshire, um, that when I say, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself, they don't, they get really shy and nervous and, and don't know what to say or um, what's important or what defines them as who they are as a person and an individual. Uh, but the Miss America organization allows us to really capitalize on that and advance ourselves and, and reach for the stars because there are so many other like-minded women that we're surrounded by that are going after their goals and achieving things. And so to be able to share that in the interview room and share my heart and my love for service I've, I've done over 4,000 hours of community service. It's just like what I love to do. If I could, you know, join the Peace Corps, but still be able to come to my home every night, that's what I would do. Yeah. Um, and so being able to talk about that just brings me so much joy. I love that. I love that. So talk about why you think the judges selected you to represent the state. Hmm, I saw this question and I, I don't know but I do know at the same time. So I competed for five years trying to become Miss New Hampshire. And I truly felt like the timing of things was never right for me previously. You know, I would have had to take off a lot of time from my, my postgraduate studies and um, really changed the way that I was able to get through my curriculum and taking care of patients and what that would have looked like for me would have been really different. Um, and so I'm really thankful for the timing of this. And with the the five years of practice that I've been able to gain, I, I really just prepared myself for this job. Um, I remember the day that I learned that Miss New Hampshire has to use Google calendars as track all of your appearances and that's the way that you know the Miss New Hampshire board is able to um, know what my schedule is and when I'm available when I'm not and booking me for appearances etc 
so on and so forth. And um, I remember that that exact day, I completely transferred my paper calendar to Google Calendar uh, because I really just wanted, I didn't want the first day to be using Google Calendar as if I won Miss New Hampshire. And so um, I used Google Calendar for two years now and I love it. And so there's just so many aspects like that, that um, I was able to adopt and adapt to so that when I became or had this opportunity to serve as Miss New Hampshire, I was fully prepared and fully ready and knew what I wanted to do with my year. Um, and it's just allowed me to have so much peace and freedom and no regrets, especially eight months into my reign. I love it. I love it. Uh, what <laughs> has the biggest shift from being a local title holder for five years and then going to becoming a state title holder, what was the biggest shift? What was the most surprising thing um, from going from that big transition? Mm. I had a lot of imposter syndrome at the beginning. And so that was probably my biggest challenge for how much that you prepare and you want and you have this desire and you're using all your manifestation tools if you're like me and you've, you've wanted this dream for a really long time for it to finally come to fruition and, and be right there in front of you and having to make how you're going to utilize your year and making sure that you're taking every day, um, not, for, not for granted, but um, being thankful and grateful and keeping one foot in front of the other to keep up momentum and be a good title holder that you have always wanted to be. Um, so I, I really think the biggest shift for me was just um, accepting it and owning it because I had a lot of imposter syndrome at the beginning and I really um, struggled with it extra because I just knew how much I wanted the role and the opportunity for so long. And it didn't, it came very unexpected to me. Yeah, that's so real. I think you're the first one that's talked about imposter syndrome, but I, I would assume that that's something that most title holders or at least state title holders that you'll be yeah. I'm assuming that that's most, most of their or. Um, reaction to becoming a state title holder because it is so crazy and you're instantly put on a platform. Yes, yes, instantly. It's a very overnight shift. Um, I even had it, you know, when I graduated as a doctor, but I knew that was coming for like four years. I had the date on, you know, when I become a doctor and I still had imposter syndrome. And then I became a licensed doctor, still had some full-fledged imposter syndrome. And so I, I would have to assume that it's similar for so many other girls because it's nothing that's guaranteed. You're very hopeful for the opportunity and the honor, but um, it's an overnight switch, like you said. Yeah. So true. Okay. Our final question. If you could give one piece of advice to a first year title holder, what would it be? I love saying yes to all things. Um, take every opportunity. I really think that the organization can be so much more capitalized on for you as an individual, for your local program, for your state. And then, you know, it trickles even up to the national level because every opportunity that we're out there advancing our social initiatives or we're advancing our program, just hugging little girls and inspiring them to make good choices or have role models or, you know, want more out of their life or become a astronaut or pilot 
pilot or, or nuclear scientist like Grace Stanky. I mean, the sky is truly the limit. And I think that we can limit ourselves really easily with being over bombarded with things and not wanting to dedicate your time to certain things. I get it. We all have a certain amount of hours in the day. And you've got to allot your time and energy and your resources to a certain extent, um, but to take every opportunity, try to make it work. Um, at, while I was in at Sherman College of Chiropractic, I was in graduate school and I had patients every evening. I had full class load and patients. I was also living out of state. So it was really hard for me to be able to serve my community here in New Hampshire when I didn't even get summer vacations because graduate school was all year long. And so I remember taking those few weekends to be able to get back to New Hampshire. I would try to come on a Thursday night. So I had an all day business day to be able to visit as many classrooms as possible and record as, as many public service announcements as possible, um, creating blogs so that I had something to pour my energy into that was afar that I still felt like I was, you know, doing something beneficial helpful. Um, so I, I just really think that taking every opportunity and saying yes to everything big and small makes such an impact because those little events or the things that you don't think are going to be worth your time end up to be what I love most and what I have cherished the most throughout these eight months as Miss New Hampshire. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Brooke. You've got so many amazing things going on. I'm like so impressed. I mean, I could tell from your Instagram, but you talk about it. And I mean, you clearly have so much passion for all of the things that you're doing. So it's been so much fun getting to talk to you. And I so appreciate you again for coming on. And I'll be rooting for you at Miss America. So thank you so much. Thank you, Elizabeth. (laughs) And I will see you guys in our next episode. Bye, y'all.